This is the Mini Market Podcast. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. This is episode 65 of your favorite podcast, of our favorite podcast, probably your mom's favorite podcast. I am Zayerman Isaiah, joined by my dear friends, Connor and Lucas. Boys, how are we doing today? This is episode 65. We took a couple weeks off. Some of us got older, some of us didn't. How are we feeling? Happy birthday to Isaiah and Dalton sharing a birthday this past weekend. Exciting stuff. Fun days. The big two Sev, you old ass people. Well, wow. I don't know if we need I like to, be to say I like to say there. three from thirty sounds a little bit cooler. That's it. Three no. from thirty. Um, I don't know. I'm well, not thanks, there yet. Thanks, <laughs> thanks, boys. Okay, all right. Zing. How'd you spend your birthday? Uh, you know, I took in a little bit of Minnesota Twins baseball action on a nice sunny day. Um, shout out John and Rachel for the tickets and the company. Shout out. Also, Sheila was there. We were smacking some hot dogs and having a good time. It was great. Watching Byron Buxton do Byron Buxton things, i.e. almost get hurt and then hit home runs. So we kind of got the full experience there on a Sunday. Target field in all its glory. Bingo. All right. So uh, kind of been a lot since we last recorded here on the Mini Market Podcast. I would say probably the most devastating thing is that the Timberwolves season at... Wait, no, Sorry. We had already, we'd already decompressed. Yeah, we though. already did that. That already happened. It, it's just kind of deja vu for me. I just keep thinking about it, keep wishing it hadn't happened. But uh, <laughs> honestly, the surprising thing to me is like I keep looking at the TV schedule, and it's just like the NBA is still going. Like it's going on for another month. It so is. Like, it is. If I always want a series, we wouldn't even know what to do. The NBA playoffs really go because we're the All Star break. We're never uh, there. baseball, probably. You know what? Actually, that's a really good point. Like. At this point, I'm in my summer. It's summer. You know, I stopped watching kind of, I mean, kind of stopped watching the uh, NBA after the Wolves left because it's kind of like, hey, it's 630. It's nice out. I'm going to go do something. So shout out to the Wolves for getting out of there just in the nick of time. They know know you can't rob the fans of a nice Minnesota summer. I almost said winter. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's the thing. They get it. They know like, hey, there's only you know 70 of these a year. So we're not going to waste a couple uh, playing basketball. We're getting out there, getting on the lake, riding our bikes, dusting off the rollerblades even. I don't know. Get them quads burning, baby. Hmm. Um, but seriously, probably the most devastating thing that could have happened has happened. That is the wild. Connor, you called it. Lose to the St. Louis Blues in six games in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It continues the long, painful streak of losing for Minnesota sports fan bases. Uh, I don't, I'm not going to run through the list. I'm sure everybody that is listening now has heard that list and seen that list and read that list and burned that list many times already. But a disappointing series, to say the least. Um, the one shining moment of it was Kirill Kaprasov did what he does, which is play well. He had eight points in the series, seven goals, which, of course, it's Kaprasov. So he set a new Minnesota Wild record for goals in a playoff series. 
Any guesses on who had that before Kaprasov? Gabrick. Ah, good guess. Good guess. Thanks. Lou, you got another guy? Uh, <laughs> Lou didn't read the prep sheet. Okay, no, that's West something. <laughs> it's West on the prep sheet. <laughs> I, just I, kidding, see, just kidding. That's so, why I didn't answer. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> the fun, fun thing West about that Johnson. though, <laughs> it was. Yes, I don't know who West Walls is. Okay, we'll just. I'll edit that out for you. Um, yeah. Marion Gabrick and West Walls both scored five in the. 2003 playoff series against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, but this also tied a just Minnesota professional hockey record. There were two North Stars players who had seven goals in a series. We're talking Steve Payne in 81 versus the Bruins and Tony McKegney in 85 versus those dreaded Blackhawks. So mm-hmm. Kaprizov, of course, of course, he is already, Connor said it, I think a couple weeks ago, he is in the upper echelon of wild all-time players probably moving that way it's crazy to say it but he's getting there already um it it truly did feel like in this series everyone was just waiting around for Kaprasov. i was at i was mm. in attendance for game five where he had two not uh, a big deal not a big deal on the glass no just kidding um but was in attendance for game five did get to get ahead he scored both the goals right in front of me so uh had a good look at him he's freaking sweet but other than that, it felt like the rest of the the rest of the game was just like everybody was waiting for him to be on the ice. First of all, like the fans, it was like, we know that none of these other schlubs are doing anything. When's he getting on the ice? And you're just like counting down, not game minutes, but like how many more shifts does he have? Like, are we going to get a chance to tie this game? Because beyond him, there was basically nobody else on the Minnesota Wild doing anything. Um, and we don't need to bash the list, but. Connor, let me toss it to you. How do you feel about how the Minnesota Wild season ended? Yeah, you hit it on the head there in the entry in the entrance there. Um, I predicted the series uh, Blues and six. So good on me. Toot my own horn there. Um, but all in all, one of the things that was really frustrating about the series was. The, the Blues were, like, consistently injured on the back end. Like, defensively, they had tons of injuries the entire series, and guys came back towards the end, but you know, that was disappointing to see how down the stretch in the last three games we scored two, two, and one goal. So that's, that's really hard to see when we're supposed to have this pretty high-potent offense, and each line did it a little differently where – we, we talk about the big line of Erickson Eck and Greenway and Foligno who are lump and chase, grind it through in the corner and then get the puck out front, good things happen type of situation. We didn't really see much of that this series. It was a pretty disappointing series for us all around. Defensively, we played horrible in um, in game one for sure. And then in game, in game honestly, game four, five, and six, all the losses, we just played horribly defensively. I wouldn't blame a ton, to be honest, on goaltending. I felt like our goaltending was okay the whole series. Nothing special. Like, this was not a goaltending unit. In the playoffs, anyways, how they played was not going to win a Stanley Cup or anything like that. But I felt we had two solid goalies, regardless of kind of how many goals we gave up. A lot of that was just defensive. I don't know if the matchups were worse than what everyone thought or if we were just getting out of position all the time or... 
I don't know. It just looked like a different wild team in the playoffs. And then the series as a whole, just to, I mean, the closest game that we had was 5-2 both way, or 5-2, 5-2, and 4 in, in game 4 and game 5. Everything else was a four-goal game. So it was surprising how not exciting this series was. I think everyone in hockey was talking about this being the most exciting series. And it ends up being kind of a dud. Doesn't even go seven games, which one thing about the Wild is they're pretty good at giving you all seven. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, the Twins get swept. You know, the the Timberwolves this year won, won a game or two, and then the Vikings might win a playoff game once in a while, you know, but the Wild are consistent. They'll give you a fun series up and down the ice, usually games to the end, goalies getting pulled. This was just not that type of series. Even in games when they scored because of goalie pulled situations, the games weren't even that close, you know. So that was a bit frustrating from this fan standpoint. And now we just get to deal with this shitstorm that is the 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 cap issues that the Wild have put themselves into. We all know that was coming. We're spending fourteen point seven million on Suter and Parise in the next ten years to play for other teams. That's always tricky. But that is a little tough, a little tough yeah. to say the least. And not that they, those were guys we wanted really on this team anymore. Like in two years, when we're only paying them less than a million a piece, we're going to be feeling really good about the situation. But we just kind of had to bear the burden on the front end here. And unfortunately, it it looks like a time when our team could be getting into a situation where okay, Kaprizov looks like the real deal. Um, goaltending situation's okay. We have some guys on the back end that are looking really good. And it feels like this team is a couple moves away from, you know, really getting back to where they were this year, maybe even surpassing that. Yeah. I just don't know what they can do. I I agree, Connor. I think one of the like disheartening feelings was Felino's like exit interview when he talked about like just feeling like we have a really good unit and like, you know, this, this series wasn't. Uh, representative of what this team is and like can be like like he's been the leader in the clubhouse the entire season and just to hear him talk about like that feeling of being like oh we're really close but knowing that this a lot of this is not going to look the same next year and I think that's the that's going to be the challenge for Garen is like trying to figure out who are the core pieces both in terms of personality leadership and ability and like making sure that those pieces can be insulated and somehow find a way to keep those guys where the rest of it can still move freely around because they don't have a lot of money to work with. They basically have none. Um, I can, that kind of brings us to the, the big question of the offseason, right? It's, it's this Kevin Fiala question. Um, we all know, we all kind of knew he was going to be the, the, the guy of, do we pay him? Do we not? He's a restricted free agent at the end of this year. He had, uh, you know, a really good regular season. He had 35 goals, right? No, 33 goals, 85 points, which put him second all time in like wild scoring or something like that. Yep. Something crazy. Uh, and considering he kind of had a slow start, he was absolutely on fire at the end of the season. But the fact remains, Kevin Fiala in the playoffs this year had no goals on 15 shots. He only had three points and he had 16 penalty minutes. Brutal, 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 brutal series. And I think for me, what makes it worse is when you look at his 2021 playoffs, 
where he had two points, one goal, 22 shots, and a negative six plus minus. He's been like a total liability in the playoffs. And it's like, Garen's his thing is it's about winning. So like when you have to make these big decisions, when you have a really bad sample size and representation of what you can do in the playoffs, like it, he, then it really, really, I feel like if you're, if you have a vibe for what Garen thinks and he's like, I want to win a Stanley cup, like, does he feel like Fiala is a guy who can perform in the playoffs so far? He's shown that he can't, but that doesn't necessarily mean he will never be able to, but I mean, these were two of the most impressive disappearing acts and back-to-back playoff seasons. Yeah, I feel like, and and you touched on it there, like the conversation seems to be coming down to like, is it Fiala or is it Dumba that they try to renew? And Fiala definitely didn't make a good case for himself in the postseason. And like you said, back-to-back years of just being irrelevant in the postseason. And honestly, the penalty numbers is frustrating because he's... For a guy that doesn't fight, mm-hmm. I think he's fifth on our team in penalty minutes in the regular season. And like a lot of those like hockey fans out there, like if you're getting penalty minutes and you're not fighting, you're just lazy because you're hooking, you're tripping, you're falling behind plays. So it's, and I'm sure some of it is, I'm guessing he, this is a throwback from a long time ago, but he, he kind of gets this vibe of being a spaz, you know, like yeah. he's, yeah. he's just like a guy who a situation goes wrong. And then all of a sudden he loses his cool and seems like he kind of comes unglued, gets a bad penalty. It's like, you're not 16 anymore. You can, that's, that's not really acceptable. So that's a frustrating trend that happened through the season where he got penalized 52 minutes this year. And then to have 16 and seven games, Six. For a guy that's supposed to be putting us in, or sorry, oh, yeah, six games. Good call, Connor. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. 16 minutes in six games. Like for a guy who you're supposed to be putting us in chances to win with the power play um, by drawing penalties. And I think, if I remember it, I don't think he drew a single penalty in the playoffs. And I may get roasted online, but I was looking at get some him, today. And him, I Casey. thought it said, what's that from I Casey? Said, get him, Casey. Um, I thought I saw something today that said he only maybe it was two min, two penalty minutes that he drew in the playoffs, and so you know the plus minus on penalty minutes there is is sixteen or fourteen. It's just you can't have that from a guy who's a goal scorer. With that all being said, a bit of a hot take. I honestly would let both Fiala and Dumba walk. Mm. I think it's time to 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 look elsewhere. I think they're both going to be solid players, but I I'm not really married to one or the other. If you put gun to my head and we had to keep one, I would still keep Fialo despite having a bad series. Me too. I think Dumba played horribly defensively. Every single game we lost, Dumba was glaringly bad. And so to me, it's like if you're a defenseman, which obviously he brings the offensive component with him. Well, he only had 27 points this year, so really does he that much. But when you are supposed to be like kind of an offensive defenseman, I can understand there being some lapses. But in the playoffs, you just have to put that put that to bed and you have to like control your own zone as a defenseman. And that's what Dumba doesn't consistently do. And that's why it's interesting looking back to last year when, um, when they took Carson Soucy instead of Dumba, who both Mm -hmm. were kind of on the chopping block. And this is speaking of um, speaking of Seattle on the expansion draft. And I think, maybe we lost more than we think with Carson Soucy. I know we talked about his size when we lost yeah. him, but he's a really good defensive defenseman. And it seems like that's something we were drastically lacking in this series. Kukloff 
I don't even know if I say the name right. He wasn't great. Dumbo wasn't great. And then like guys like Spurgeon and Brodeen, like they're they're solid defensemen. They're gonna be there type of deal. But we do not like we need just depth everywhere. And it's hard to get depth when you have no money. Yeah. Your depth is gonna be not great depth. Yeah, for sure. My my thing with Dumba is I think like in the NBA a lot, guys get like ragged for being like stats guys, like people who can put up numbers on like bad teams. Like I think we mm-hmm. all know Carl Anthony Towns has gotten this rap a lot, but I think Dumba might actually be that guy where like, like you talked about, he's a little bit of a freewheeler defensively and he's looking for points. And so when, when the outcome of the game isn't super important, like it wasn't for the wild for a little while there, like in the mid, like, like that, like 2015 to 2018 range, like he could just kind of play and do his thing. And like, didn't really matter that much if we won, like we were just kind of hanging onto that core but nobody had great expectations. But I feel like as the like rest of the team has been getting better, he has like not stayed the same in his standing of the team. He's kind of been dropping slowly. And I just think that's a a factor of he was like a big fish, small pond when he was with this wild team in the middle of two thousands. Like we just didn't have much from a defensive end and he was allowed to kind of do what he wanted and scored a lot. And like now he's being asked to do specific things and like, everybody else is getting better and he just looks worse in comparison. And so then when it comes down to the same amount of money for him or Fiala, I think I'd go Fiala too. Mm-hmm. And with Fiala for me, like I've been thinking about, I, if you want to check the game notes, I did say that I thought he'd be the X factor in the series. And yep. I was, you know, pat on the back. I was right in the wrong way. He was, he was really bad, but my feeling for what Fiala could have been in this series is like a, like I feel like every good team that makes a deep Stanley Cup run has like a a super super annoying player. Like they have a heel. I think it's important to have a heel because I think if you can be really really frustrating and be able to score, I think that that wears on players across a seven game series. Like just having this annoying dude like always on the ice doing things like that just bug the shit out of you. Like Pat Bevkin skate. Yeah, so you're, like we need a Pat Bev out there. But the guy that I was thinking, like, this is obviously not a fair comparison, but like a Brad Marshall. Marshy, like, yeah. He just is like he ha- he can influence a game and a series in so many different ways. And I felt like I want that for Kevin Fiala because he's never gonna be like that. Like he wants to be kind of that slick star, but he has too much spaz in him, like Connor said. So like, can you harness that energy of a spaz and make the other people spaz? Um, but he can't do that. Like he just, like, I think he's proven at this point that like some people get sucked into being the spaz. It's like this black hole where like, you're either going to push the guy next to you in, or you're getting sucked in yourself and some guys can handle it. And some guys can't. And I feel like he's like a boogie cousins where like, he just can't handle it at all. Like as soon as the one thing goes wrong, like you said, like he just, he ends up doing stuff that you do when you were, you know, middle teenager. So it's going to be a lot to to have him work that out, but I feel like if he can, if he can harness that energy, it's going to be he'll be dangerous potentially in the playoffs. Yeah, certainly, certainly, certainly. So, like, I guess for me, looking forward a little bit on the depth chart, you know, guys, guys that are unrestricted or restricted free agents. Matt Boldy is unrestricted. Um, I assume he'll get a decent payday from the Wild. <clears throat> I think they see a lot in him. He's really promising. The only problem is he's a left wing, and 
our left wingers currently are Caprisa, Felino, and Greenway. So I'm I'm not to say none of those guys can play the right side or anything, but it's just like that's a position we're pretty heavy in. Um, unrestricted free agent Tyson Jost and Friedrich Goudreau. So those two played decent down the stretch of the regular season in the playoffs. I would say they get grouped into the group that was non-existent. They really didn't do a whole lot in the playoffs, but they're both cheap. So I could see the wild trying to hang on to them or one or both of them. And then obviously with Marco Rossi, hopefully he'll be with the club next year. Um, he had a decent season in Iowa, second leader in scoring um, with, or sorry, tied for first with Kyle Rao, ex-golfer, um, with 53 points in 63 games, plus minus of plus 11. So a decent season down there. The concern for, I think, a lot of people is he's just small. So, like, is he going to be a guy who's going to hold his own in the corner when he goes into the corner with some bigger guys? I think he'll be okay. It's just kind of getting getting there so up the middle there's a lot of question marks obviously Eric Tanek will be kind of the headliner there and then we got Hartman and Zuccarello coming back on the right side and restricted free agent Brandon Duhane I assume they will probably re-sign him cheap guy played well most of the season and then on the back end we have Dumba and Kulikov that are unknowns at this point Goligoski coming back John Murrell coming back Brodine Spurgeon all coming back. So feels like right now, defensively, we're probably in the best situation. So that's probably another point towards the Fiala side of, hey, maybe we need to bring this guy back because right now we're pretty weak at the right wing spot and we're decently strong, I would say, defensively in terms of who we have. And we can bring in some, I don't know, I don't want to say crappier guys, but lower tier guys and cheaper guys potentially. So and then we'll see what they end up doing with the with the goalie position um, going into the offseason. But overall, the 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 ringing similarities to the to the Timberwolves like it was a really fun year, the greatest year in the Minnesota Wilds, you know, regular season history with points scored by players, points as a team, lots of positives. The biggest issue that I run into is this goddamn playoff formatting. Honestly, I was thinking about it today on a whole, on a higher level. I don't understand why there are divisions in professional sports. We no longer have plumbers playing goalie that need to get home the next day to work. So, like, what is the point of having a regional presence in a sport? In my personal opinion, I don't see that big of rivalries in any major sports professionally other than football. And football, I think, is a self-created rivalry that fans have. And I don't think even every team's or every organization has it. It's just the ones that are really old that have been playing against each other forever. So I don't understand divisions. I hate them. And I think that professional sports should just do away with them. The NHL is the dumbest professional sport ever. And it shows in why their attendance is so low compared and their popularity is low compared to every other. And this is just a ringing. I don't know what the phrase is. This is just an endorsement of that. Why we would ever set ourselves up in four groupings of four is just the dumbest thing ever. Why would you have the top three point getting teams all in the same group of four? It just doesn't make any sense to me. So my question to you guys 
first of all, how do you feel about divisions? What do you think? Like in my mind, like the basketball divisions, I don't even know who's in the Timberwolves, like in the Northwest division. Pretty sure the Thunder are, which is geographically insane, but obviously they were. <laughs> it's Portland, but. Denver, and uh, the OKC. It's crazy. Isn't there five? Uh, oh yeah, who's the fifth? Memphis Nuggets. That's Denver, yeah. Yeah, it's Memphis, isn't it? Is like, it Memphis? I think it's Memphis. It's just dumb. I don't know. I will say, when I think of divisions, I immediately think of the NFL, just like you mentioned, because that's where it like kind of matters the most. Also, I kind of pay more attention to the NFL. Um, the one reason I kind of like them is because I kind of know who to follow and like how we're going to match up because we're going to play them, say it's the Vikings two times a year for the bears, lions, Packers. Um, flip side of that though, I kind of like where you're going because it would make me broaden my gaze on like the rest of the league. Cause like you could tell me who's on, say we're playing the jazz, New York giants sorry, or something, the jazz. jazz. Way off. I did guess that at the end. Humble break. Nah, no big deal. Two pats on the back today. Huh? Nice. But yeah, it would maybe like make me follow the rest of the league more so than I normally would. Can I counterpoint just on the hockey one, Connor? Do it. I know it sucked for the wild and I know it's, it's, it's a weird, it, in this one spot, it worked out really weird. We're now like the two and the three in terms of points are playing. And now the one and the three are going to be playing like in the second round. Like it just, that doesn't work in that little cluster. But didn't the NHL have like five game seven series in the first round? Like if you're if you're just like did but it the NHL create... always does. It doesn't okay. matter how they it's always going seven. It's just like hockey's just such an equalizer. Like it's not it's so much different than the other sports where all the time the series are like rarely ever sweeps. So like I don't I, I literally think you could have grabbed any group of teams and it's going it's other than Colorado, who's like the greatest team ever right now, they're going to go. I think all series are going to go like six games. Okay. So like, I don't disagree with that. It did work out pretty well for a lot of series. And I think a lot of people view it as the, like there's rivalries in there, like Pittsburgh, New York. Like that, that's just, a, that's literally just them playing each other enough. That could happen to any scenario of two good teams. Like when you play a team in a seven game series, you're going to have a rivalry if they're competitive, I wouldn't say the Minnesota uh, Wild was no, but like, but like literally anyone in the Eastern conference plays and they're going to hate each other by the end of seven games. Yeah. But I think, I do think that is a little bit of regionality that is important to those rivalries. And I think it is most prevalent on the East coast because they're so much closer to each other. And there's so much intermixing that goes on between fan bases. Like think of how many people from the East coast end up in New York or end up in Boston, but then rep their team and rep their city. So you have these like that crossover is what makes a rivalry good. And I think that's why the Packers Vikings rivalry is really good because you have it right on a border and there's so many people on both sides, but the blues in the wild, it's just not a regional uh, border battle type thing because like how many people from St. Louis are just hanging out in Minnesota and vice versa. And then even more so when you go further West, like everything's just so much more spread out that it's not interesting because there's not that crossover. So I think I half agree with you, but I'm when it comes to the East Coast, especially like the Northeast, I think it is really important that those people are like grouped into divisions and like they are playing and it's like it just 
those conferences and those divisions have rivalries where other ones don't because there's too spread out. So See, I, yeah, I agree with that because I think it's the same thing that I talked about with the football. The Minnesota Green Bay rivalry is there because we've been playing for 45 years. And the whole rivalry thing in hockey is an original six thing. The only teams that are rivals are original six because they've been playing and all the old people hate the other old people. But in terms of like the East Coast, like meeting in New York thing, I mean, there's so many people that are going to New York and live there and rep their teams that New that's why everyone hates New York. Because all the teams have rivalries with New York because everyone's there. It's like my, my point is like I think if Carolina played New York, they're gonna hate each other just as much as if it's the Capitals versus New York. And that that and honestly, regardless, I'm not saying do away from conferences necessarily. I'm just saying the division thing is stupid. So like all the East Coast teams can still play together. That's fine with me. And I think in every sport, division like divisions are just stupid. Like the old eight and eight Seahawks making the postseason, dumb. Getting them to get hosts, stupid. The one yeah. of the dumbest. Your poster child is the NFC East. This is where you should just be hopping up. Is this is the the abomination of division? Split it up into yeah. among the rest of them. Yeah. Like I think it's so dumb that you have these shitty teams. In football is where I'm trending now. We have these shitty teams playing each other, and they're all beating each other. It's not like they're beating each other because they're all good. It's because they're all really average. And then the best of the average gets to host a playoff game over a team that's probably like 11 and six. That's insane and so I, dumb. I don't dude, know I'm, why. I'm so with you on the NFL when there's the everyone's all the seven, the seven and nine makes the playoffs and yeah, he, wins the NFC East. It's quack. fucking ridiculous. Here's a take for you, boys. If, if you, if the NFC East was, uh, if you took out the Dallas Cowboys and replaced them with virtually any other team in the NFL, divisions would already be gone. Be gone. Yeah. Because it exists to prop up this sorry ass franchise and keep them in the playoff hunt year after year after year after year. Because if they had to just compete with all the big fish in the rest of the sea, there would no longer be divisions. They'd be yeah, trying to find another way to gerrymander that Jerry boy into the playoffs. Move Carolina to the east and put Dallas in the south, which Look at a map once. Maybe I'm that looking at one right now. It makes total it sense. It would make so much sense, and then and then people would be so mad. My mind is blown. Why? Like <laughs> it, it? It's just it's so funny that we it's America's team. These oh directional division things that when I feel like rivalries are like dying in professional sports, and and then probably this is even gonna just blow up on itself, but because partially probably because the athletes like don't hate each other anymore for the most part like you got the pat bevs but i think in general athletes are like kind of friends or at least they're kind of yeah, there's, that there's usually a of mutual like, respect yeah yeah, yeah. For which most is guys. totally fine no issues with it it's just like i think that's part of where these rivalries are going to die you know where they or die now dying, in my opinion jersey swap exactly we got to have more guys hate get each other get rid of the jersey swaps no more but I guess one of my questions Let's just look at all major sports. Would you rather them do divisions, conferences, or seed the top playoff teams? Just one through whatever playoff team. What What is your preference right at this moment? Uh, I Okay, so I would say... And I guess you can mix and match. Can I mix sports? Because I feel like the NBA doesn't need divisions. But I like that they have conferences. It has this like... I just like being like, oh man, the East sucks this year. <laughs> like, it's just fun to say that. I think that's enjoyable to be like, 
Quack. If we were in the East, man, we would have been a six seed or like something like that. I just like, I don't want to lose that because I think. It's an out I think, for us I think, Okay, here's a weird, I'm going to go way weird on this, but I think when you look at like what has replay done to sports, I think it's, it's created this atmosphere where everything needs to be perfect and everything needs to be right and just. And like, I just don't know if sports were meant to be perfect in any regard. And so like, do they need to be perfect where like X, Y, Z best team always makes it? Or it's like, can there be a little bit of unfairness? And I think that weird, weirdly that a little bit like, oh, we got robbed. Like, oh, if we were in the East, oh, if, if he didn't miss that call, like that just kind of keeps interest going in sports. And like, it's, it sucks when you're on the bad end of it, but like, it's kind of entertaining and it's interesting when things don't work out perfectly. Like, does anybody watch a TV show with like a nice button up ending? Like every time and be like, well, that was delightful. Like every single time. No, you kind of get bored. You check out eventually. But when you have these twists and turns and things that like can happen, it kind of keeps you a little bit engaged. So uh, NBA, no divisions. It's stupid. We didn't even know who's in our division. Um, I still like conferences. I think a national league, American league. I, I think keep that all exactly how it is. I just like, and this just goes back to me being a kid and having all those little helmets. Do you have the set of helmets when you and you had the board where you can say, you know, you like move them around to you got all the the standings. You have the up to date standings with the little mini helmets. I think that's just beautiful. I also dislike that I liked that they had separate rules before, like having the DH, not having the DH. I just felt like that made it more like, oh, this is actually kind of different. Like if you listen to Joe West uh, interview about he used to be just a National League umpire and he'd talk about like how different things were in that league versus the American League. And it used to be just like umps would only do their league and it had like a totally different feel. Um, so like, but that's gone away. So hockey, I think what they do right now is like, this is just like, what are you guys doing? Like, just what are you doing? I And it's like, they did get, I think, good rivalries and good first round series. Like they were really entertaining and interesting, I think, for the most part. But you're also kind of, you're like robbing yourself of the potential of those really good series happening in the conference finals or just like later on down the playoffs. So they kind of like mortgage their own future of like, let's try to rope people in for these really cool first round series. And then, oh, like, oh, here's your conference finals. It's like the Panthers are playing, you know, like the Rangers. It's just like not, nobody cares about those two franchises together it's just so yeah no i don't know connor i i think it also depends on how often you're gonna be playing like across like are you gonna play every team like in the nfl like are you opening up the schedule completely um i'm uh i i think overall i'm for the most part okay with divisions still existing that's my final take lucas Hello? I think definitely in the NFL and the MLB, I, I like the divisions because I really am focused on, okay, where are we standing? Can we drop a game here or there? You know, what did, if say the Vikings lose, okay, did the Bears or Packers lose to Lions? Don't even have to worry about them. It's like the Royals now. Um, are the Royals good? I don't know. I don't care about them. It doesn't matter. Baseball um, sucks. But definitely, I would at least keep the conferences. Um, like at least one through eight. Otherwise, like the whole one through 16 thing, um, thinking to the NFL, um, I just wouldn't, you would almost never see the 16 beat the one. It's like the in the NCAA tournament, I feel like. So I think 
I said almost. Right, but Lucas, that's still just a one-eight matchup, and it's like, you know what I mean? It's just the one-eight, so it's not any different, really. Well, in, in football, it, like, like a one in one sixteen, it'd still be just wow. kind of like a one-eight. Yeah, but I think like the sixteen would be who, an eight. Like the Commanders versus the. They'd be the last team know. in, regardless of who it is. Like yeah, that's how it always I mean, works. Like there's always the last team in plays the best. Like, is that there's already a one sixteen, and it's like when the the you know the old Patriots would play some shitty Bengals team in the first round. That is sixteen, or in, in football, it's the one and twelve or whatever you want to call it because they have a goofy format. But Regardless. It's just the one eight on if like the one is the best one and the eight is the worst of the two eights, it's a it's a one sixteen. And it happens frequently. Sorry, I told you totally stole your thing there, Lou. Yeah, you guys are confusing me with all Frank. this math. I mean, Jesus. Division stay, long story short. <laughs> in all sports or just football. What about uh, the MLS, Lou? We weren't talking the MLS. Don't even get me started. I wouldn't know where to start. So you keep him for football. Connor was getting you swayed there, though, Lou. He had you kind of going for a couple minutes, like, "Oh, let's get rid of these things," you know. But now you're nah, I'm back. You're staying. I'm I'm rooted even deeper. Wow, entrenchment, Connor. It's hard <laughs> to get people to change. It's really hard, yeah. isn't it? Especially when they're Valiant not even effort. Good. It's frustrating. <laughs> what do you think about other sports, Lou? Do you know that there's four more major sports? We uh, don't just have one. Uh, I. I like the MLB specifically as well um, because really you start paying attention. At least I as a kid would start paying attention to the newspaper standings uh, like after the all-star break. And it was kind of like I was saying with the like, okay, we lost today, but how, you know, did the other teams in the conference or the division lose too? Uh, And then you kind of can plan, Oh, these are going to be big games late in the season. So we actually really know where we're standing. I actually love that specifically for baseball to the magic number in the newspaper sports mm-hmm. section beautiful loved watching the magic number but the na- magic number would never go away lou just to count no, i know point. okay but here okay i'm with lou on this connor sorry i just gotta i gotta go yes. with lou on this one because and here's it's gonna be a, a straight divide for me it's the mlb and the nfl it stays in nhl and nba it can go why because there's meaning right now to winning your conference in those in the NFL and the MLB. Like division. there's yeah yeah division well, yeah yeah division. Sorry. So there's like legitimate meaning. Like you hang a pennant, it like matters. You own the North. Like there's history involved in it, and it it keeps fan bases engaged in a different way. Even if you don't think you're gonna, we've talked about this on our podcast. Like not only one team can be successful in a season. Like you can have a good season and not win at all. So winning a division helps that cause of like, yeah, we did something. We won a division this year. Um, and it keeps more fan bases engaged in the pennant race in, Oh, now we are playing the lions, but it is an important game. Like we do need to win this game. Like it just, it, it ramps those specific matchups up and it keeps more fan bases engaged in this feeling of like, yes, we are winning our division. Not, Oh yes, we are winning fifth place in the conference. Like, I think there's a distinct difference in the way that that feels and how people would, would engage with that. But in the ML or in the NHL and NBA, there's like, no, nobody even knows what the divisions are. Nobody cares if you win them, they've shifted them around too many times. Like there's just no history to the divisions. 
and it's all about the conference. Like the NBA is just now it's it's leaning into it just named its conference championship trophies. Like there is there is like real history to being a beast in the East or like the Lakers owning the West for so long. Like I think that that matters and so but the divisions there's no like it does not matter if you win your division. You don't get anything better for it. You don't get more like it just is stupid in that regard. But I I like if things have history connected to them, I like it. And honestly, I don't know. Does the NHL even have a history to the conference? Should they be the leaders and just go for the one sixteen first? Seems like it. So basically, you just want everyone to get a medal at the end of the day. Yes. Okay, yes, win. Connor. You everybody gets to win. Participate. We want, we want recognition. <laughs> That's my issue though, like there's eight people that win their division in the NFL. What a joke. Put a like, banner. Up. I think it's it's all perceived value too. Like, like. I'm in my mind right now. I'm comparing it to like the English Premier League. Like finishing fifth in the English Premier League is like like that's good. Like you did good, just like finishing fifth in the standings in the NFL should be. Wow, like that's great. Like you hosted a playoff game. That's great. I did feel like the conference all, championship. Just, it, it's such a joke that we have to have eight guys that win something every year, and then like oh yeah, and even if you lose, even if you lose your division, you can still win a playoff game. Like if we have eight winners of divisions, let them play. If the divisions matter, don't do wild card. Go away from all the wild card bullshit because now only goal. Now I'm checking my magic number in the paper when I was eleven. <laughs> There's other magic numbers. I God. Know. <laughs> okay, I I think you hit you hit the right word. It's perception because, dude, if we've talked about the media so many times here, it's like if you didn't win it all, you're a loser. Charles Barkley, he's not a legend. He never won a championship. Like. They, that's the perception in in sports in yeah. America is that you have to win it all to be good. So like nobody's going to be like how they are. And for the Premier League, we're like, oh, they're going to see that. Hey, yeah, getting fifth or sixth in this really hard like it's thing, with no playoffs was actually a really good season mm-hmm. here. If you don't have like accolades to back yourself up, people won't respect you in your sport, which I think is ridiculous. And so I do kind of like maybe this is. Maybe if you dismantle divisions, it's the start of the dismantling of this championship fetish that is exists in America. But like, yeah, yeah, I think right now, like, I think you just as in terms of a business, you'd you'd get so many more disengaged fan bases if they felt like they weren't winning something. Sometimes, like, it just it does it feels nice to win sometimes. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong, and I guess like that was just my point to make. Because so for me, I'm like. NHL one through 16 NBA one through 16. Like, I don't care about the East West conferences. I don't see any value in that. I think you just seed the teams and let them play. I think that's a way cooler format. And like basketball, you can already see like the, and and it's way different. I get that. But the NCAA tournament that does that, and it's a one game, it's a whole, it's a whole different thing. But like then when the NCAA tournament does that, like it's so fun and exciting. And like in the NBA, I think, there's there's certain matchups that would be really cool to see like earlier in the rounds, even with the historical. Like you know, Celtics play Lakers is like a three three whatever three thirteen whatever three fourteen matchup. Connor, like, oh, it's kind of funny. Connor, come on, dude. We just talked about this in the NHL that they're blowing their good series early. That but the thing Lakers is, the Lakers Celtics is peak. But the Lakers suck right now, so they that is right the only now. way to get them to play. That's but if the only they, way to play, so you draw that out when you can, and then when they're both good, they're the one and the two, and they don't play till the championship. It stays okay. with the okay. Team. All right, all right, a, all right. Put a right. lot into that. Putting, when teams are good, you put them to play late in the playoffs, so it's still valued. 
but you can get these in the early rounds to be good because they're playing such different people. And I think that's a piece of it that would be cool too. You're playing unique competitors, but okay. Just that one series again. I think if you keep doing that and it keeps happening too often, you dilute the, the value of those two franchises matching up because they only ever play in the finals and it's just this legendary rivalry because when they play everything's on the line but if they're starting to play in these three four matchups just to get them to play it won't mean as much eventually and so you'll lose that like pinnacle in terms of ratings in terms of money in terms of interest and like everything you will eventually spoil that by uh being the you know the boy who cried lakers celtics but the thing is, is that like you're acting like it's going to happen every year. Like the statistics of that happening are so small that like they'll probably play in the second round. They're probably playing third. No, I think I anytime they play before back. the championship would dilute the value of it. Yeah. And I can understand that. And I can appreciate it. But like, I guess for me, it's also about all the other franchises that like giving every other. Fran- what do you mean? The other <laughs> franchises? No, I'm just sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I know. But yeah, so to me that I think that I think the MLB would be literally the perfect model to try to mirror the Premier League because you know why? The MLB sucks. Everyone hates the MLB. It's super boring. It's not fun. You know how to make it more exciting? Let's cut into two leagues. We have 15 teams in each. We do relegation between the two. And the great part is we already don't have salary caps. So Dude. now we actually play on the funding and now all of a sudden, whoa, it matters if you're in if you're in League Two and you're like the Twins and like hey we're trying to get the the top three spots and or top six spots in the League Two like it's it would never happen it's blasphemy it's insane we could never do it because you can't take away postseason from Americans unfortunately but man baseball with relegation because it's set up so similar similarly to soccer where it's like this traditional beautiful game to a lot of people. And then also there's no salary cap. So it's like, oh, this is kind of fun. Now you see like the the Manchester Uniteds, the Yankees, like they're they're always gonna be good. And if they ever fell to a point where they're relegated, that's amazing for the sport as a whole. Everyone loves that except for New Yorkers, but I just think that'd be so much more exciting for baseball, which is a sport that sucks right now for me. I okay. Oh, I don't really yeah. care. Yeah. I think we should just no. get rid of the third round. I think the relegation in MLB would be really interesting because you already kind of have it set up. Like you said, like you have teams like the Pirates and the Reds spending like $30 million this yeah. year. And then you have teams yeah. like the Dodgers spending 28 or like 200, sorry, like $250 million this year. So like they're already sort of like ranking themselves in this weird way. But I bet you if you asked anybody who was like up there in the BPL, like what would be the scariest moment in Scott in like soccer history, it'd be like one of the premier franchises Sure. Being relegated like and like the yankees it, I, it just like won't happen because then this money discrepancy would become even more exaggerated and i think that's that's, that's a weird part about it and i don't know what they do in the bpl in terms of like their their sharing of revenues for like local broadcast mm-hmm. versus national broadcast but like i think all that stuff could get worked out if you wanted to do this and like yeah the thing about it is like the only thing people care about is the postseason. But maybe if there is no postseason, then it makes the entire regular season more interesting. But I think baseball is beautiful because you can check out for a few months and just like check back in. Would and, like, baseball be more beautiful if they just did like a hundred games? Like it's yes. still long uh, season. Well, Byron Buxton is way ahead of everybody on yeah, how many games at. should be in a uh, MLB season. A hundred is the cap. We don't want to go any further than that. Do you guys want to get into that or should we leave that alone? The only goal. 
I did see a tweet. I feel I feel good. I've let some things off my chest about that. The was form. fun, Connor. Yeah, that, that was, was good. I yeah. I feel like it's interesting to hear different angles and Isaiah being like an NBA guy, like the NBA. It's funny because every sport thinks they have like such rich tradition, right? Like yeah. every sport's like, well, we couldn't change because our sport is so special. Dude, I bet you if you ask the MLS like diehards if they wanted to change it, they'd be like, nah, man, we can't do it. Talk you, don't talk. <laughs> like, okay, you Sounders fan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyways, the twins, baby. Okay, so that brings us to the Minnesota Twins. It was a kind of a decent segue there, talking Byron Buxton. He is the kind of talk of the town this week when it comes to the Minnesota Twins. The first place Minnesota Twins, might I add. Hey! Um, but the story here is that in kind of a big game, well, just a game, I guess, uh, on Saturday. And Connor against- has left the pod because we're talking about baseball. He's so angry. He doesn't want to talk twins at all. Disgraceful stuff. But Lou, we'll talk about it a little bit if you want to. Hell yeah. Uh, cool. So Buxton does not play in uh, on Saturday night's matchup against the Cleveland Guardians, division rival, Connor. Division rival, mm-hmm. Cleveland Important Guardians. One. The division rival. Um, so Buxton had a slated rest day on that day. And uh, as we know, the game kind of got down to it and uh, needed a potential pinch hitter. And Baldelli did not turn to his best player, probable MVP candidate, potential MVP candidate. Number two in home runs in the MLB. All-around rock star who was on the bench. He did not go for him and pinch hit. When asked about it in the postgame, he basically said, this was Byron Buxton's day off, and we weren't going to play him on his day off. And it kind of unseated this weird plot that they have right now to only play Byron Buxton a hundred games maximum for the season, the 162 game season. So hundred sounds like a fair big number when you just hear a hundred, but then when you think about it in terms of like, that's two thirds of the season and that's like his maximum. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing that, that really blew my mind, cause you see a hundred, we've talked about like, he's barely scraped up over 75 you know, his whole career. So like, wow, hundred triple digits is amazing. I see this tweet. It's like the fact that you are just trying to get your superstar who you just locked into a long-term deal, paid all this money to, to play 62% of the season is just mind blowing. Like these other guys are, are playing every day. Mookie Betts is in the lineup probably as much as he possibly can. If you're the Dodgers. Right. And we're just trying to get him to a hundred. This is basically Steph Curry in the NBA with load management. This is the first time I've ever seen anyone in the MLB do this, to and my the, knowledge. Yes. Lou's changed his tune on yeah. Buxton, by the way. He's calling him Steph no, Curry now. No. <laughs> Once hater, now lover. That's wild. <laughs> Jeez. Hometown Flip guy. Flop. Come on. No. Uh, okay. So it is, it is, um, crazy too to me because if you look at all of Byron Buxton's injuries and he, there's been a lot as we know but they're all kind of like weird fluke injuries right like none of them are mm-hmm. like repetitive use injuries there's ne- he's never they're getting hurt yeah. in game 145 because he like hurt his elbow or his shoulder or anything related to just like the consistent grind of an MLB season that's not how he gets hurt he gets hurt because he jumps into the wall and weird angles and like puts his leg out at the last second like he did on Sunday like or sliding into first or 
all of these random events that happen. And so being like, oh, he's only going to play 100 games isn't really going to stop any of those injuries from potentially happening. Like he's just going to get hurt one day and that's going to happen whether you decide to have him play 162 games or 100 games. It's not like he's getting like he he doesn't have bilateral leg weakness. He just is a freak athlete who gets hurt. You know what I mean? Like it's so it's like, what do you, what do you mean? A hundred games? What's a hundred games going to do for a guy who's going to roll his ankle? It has nothing to do with how many games he's been out there. It's just random chance. I mean, at this point, they might as well switch him and Kepler, put Kepler out to center. Shut it out. (laughs) No, just because, I mean, there's less less time for him to run out into the field and get injured. Oh, yeah. Like, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, Lou, I'm with you. You know how they used to drive the pitchers in from the bullpen in those little, like, Mr. Met cars where it's like a little golf cart, but it looks like the baseball guy head? We should drive Buxton in and out of the field in one of those. Yeah, I think that would be better for his body than, saying 100 games. Um, and okay. So the craziest part about me, this to me is Lucas, you hit on it is that it's load management. And it's the first time that we've seen it kind of creep into major league baseball. And it's been prevalent in the NBA for quite a long time, kind of started with Steph, LeBron, Kawhi, some of the bigger names in the league and in the sport, deliberately taking games off in the middle of the season, just to keep their bodies fresh for their presumptive playoff runs. And I think what gets overlooked in that is that LeBron was kind of the leader in that. And it's like, yeah, the dude went to the finals every year for like nine straight years. He's playing a, you know, a third more games than everybody else. Like, yeah, he might need a little rest later in the next year. Byron Buxton is playing 50 games a year. What does he need the rest (laughs) from? Like he doesn't even, he doesn't need the rest. But anyways, that's beside the point. The point is that if you're Rocco Baldelli and like Twins upper management, are you blind? Have you been paying attention to anything that's been going on in the NBA? Because right now, the biggest, one of the biggest problems in the NBA that they're trying to address and how people are saying you're losing fans, you're losing interest, it's because of load management. It's that fans don't give a flying fuck if you're not playing. And they get really mad if they go to a game and you're not playing and there's no reason that you're not playing. The NBA is literally considering shortening their season to ensure that players can play more games. And Rocco Beltelli and the Twins upper management didn't see any of that. They don't have any perspective of like the fact that they could have just said like, why do you why do you have to outline your grand plan of load management when just you know we're giving them you, a day off when you know for a fact that it is not going to be received well that everyone will be upset at you, at Buxton, at the entire Twins organization for load, load management. He could have just been like, it's by, he could have been like, ah, his hip felt weird. Like, don't tell us everything. We don't need to know everything all the time. Just be like, yeah, his hip wasn't right really or go, something like that. Like, NHL, lower, lower leg, lower body. Exactly, Lucas, exactly. Upper don't body, tell us you're, we got. you're doing load management for our best player who doesn't play ever. I mean, you tell and me Byron Buxton's not to get mad. dealing with some soreness. I'll say, set him out. Yes. I, I don't want him to go on, yes. the, on the IL. <laughs> I mean, just... Yes, Lucas. They're like, give us the choice to give him load management. Don't tell us you're giving him load management. It's just, it's, like, it's just so clueless to me. It's just so absolutely clueless that you would just outline this plan and be like, we're sticking to it no matter what. And then people start getting into the like, like, oh, but what if like, oh, so you're never going to play him? Not even in this. And you start going these crazy scenarios, crazy scenarios. And it's like, yeah, like, what are you going to do? What is your plan? Like, why did you open this can of worms for yourself? 
So that's going to be an interesting story to see how it develops, especially if he just gets hurt again in like, you know, three weeks or something like that, which I obviously don't want that to happen. I want to see him play as much as I can because I've been at two games this year. He's hit a home run and two doubles and he tracks fly balls like it's nobody's business. He is so, so exciting to watch. So I can see why people would be mad if they go and it was today and he just chose not to play. Would you say he's the most exciting player in baseball? <laughs> I was waiting for that. I'll leave that to D, Dirty D, Dalton Matson. <laughs> Dirty D. Okay. Well, that was a good podcast. We got two rants in at least. Uh, we cracked oh. some of the bigger sociological issues, I think, in the world going on today. Would you guys agree? Hell yeah. Definitely. Brother. Definitely. Okay. So, yes, that was episode 65 of the Mini Market Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You kept listening. Wow. You're the best. You rock. You're a star. Go, uh, you know, get up from your desk, take a lap, stretch the legs, uh, get a glass of water. You'll feel so much better after. Um, And always, always, always like, subscribe, and retweet us on Twitter at the mini market pod peace and love go wolves peace i'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life